Ismail bowls to Matthews, short, pulled away, Litchfield takes a beauty! Didn't have much time to think about that. It was hit like a tracer bullet, and it was a superb catch by the youngster, and a great reward for Ismail. Oh, she's uh, young and fit, and she's got a great set of hands on her, and uh, had no doubt when it was going out there that she would swallow that, so uh, great catch. Tim Payne will start to look for potentially getting the single. This one on the pads, there's an appeal, and the umpire has given it out! Tim Payne is out, and this game is over. A famous victory for New South Wales. Bowled out for 64 on the first day, and they win not long after tea on the fourth day. Quite extraordinary. A win New South Wales will remember for a very, very long time. And it is a very warm welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly. A massive show coming up. Matt's mailbag is back. Rachel Treneman drops by to the library. And as always, joining us, Robbie McKinlay, a very warm welcome to you. Maddie, it's a very warm welcome back to you and to all our listeners. And, um, yeah, thank you for all the... Um, well, mainly positive feedback we've been getting. We've really enjoyed it. So we're having a lot of fun with it. There's so much cricket content at the moment. Maddie, um, we're loving it. I'm loving the Sheffield Shield on, uh, on, on TV. It's just brilliant. Yeah, the Marsh Sheffield Shield has been absolutely outstanding. And as we heard in the intro there, a remarkable victory for New South Wales against Tasmania. We checked in on day one of the game. Unfortunately, I didn't press record. But you, Robbie McKinlay, said to me, I wouldn't be surprised if New South Wales will find a way to win this one, and they did. <laughs> I was trying to be as positive as I could. Um, I, was, I was in the commentary box, and I only got – and a mate of mine got a text, have you seen New South Wales score? And I, but straight away I thought, well, it's opened the game up. We're going to get a result. And just had a funny feeling that um, that wouldn't happen again. I knew there might be a bit in the wicket, and it was proved like that. Bowled out for 64. Goodness me, Mitch Dark um, – 18 not out. Uh, sorry, 18 he was out. Um, but, yeah, Jackson Bird and Peter Siddle in those conditions, both played quite a bit of test cricket, were hard to handle. But, um, yeah, well, I think it was New South Wales' third lowest score. It was the third lowest score. Their third lowest score in Shield history. So, yeah. But um, I reckon that then, I reckon Tasmania actually lost it in their first innings. That might sound funny when they, when they, made, when they outscored New South Wales by a fair bit. But 239 wasn't enough. Jordan still... Ex New South Wales, 106 led the way, but um, they really should have made New South Wales play heavier. I thought, Matty. Yeah, definitely, Robbie. Not the kind of lead you needed in that situation. They really needed to pile on 350, 400 uh, to to just bat New South Wales totally out of the game. Unfortunately for them, they weren't able to do that. Sean Abbott, simply outstanding. 21.1 overs, four for 33 leading uh, the way with the wickets there. And then New South Wales in their second innings, it was a run fest. <laughs> NCR Larkin <laughs> piling them on, Moses piling them on, and Sean Abbott notching up his first first-class century. And poor old Mitch Stark, oh. 86 not out. Yeah, it, look, it's, it's just great for Nick Larkin. I'm a massive fan of Nick Larkin. I just I love how well technically equipped he is. I think Nick Larkin potentially um, could uh, just a bit could play at a much higher level. So let's play test cricket 
later in his career. Don't rule him out. I think he's a once he, he he's really found his sweet spot. Um, got a good all round game. 161. Moses 113. Well, you know I love Moses. There's not many New South Wales figures like that. Um, Dorney Abbott 102. But this is why New South Wales are such a great cricket team. They had to make the tough decisions. Pete Neville and obviously Phil Jake said, look, we've got to have 40 minutes, 45 minutes of Tassie before some. Um, Sean Asaba got his 100. Mitch Stark left there in 86, not out. And they said, sorry, boys, bring it in. And it paid dividends because they got two crucial Tasmanian wickets late on day three. And that really sort of helped set up what was a victory. Yeah, Trent Copeland getting those early breakthroughs. What a... What a performer he's been for New South Wales as well. Speaking of New South Wales cricket as we like, uh, we uh, we saw two wickets for Copes, uh, three for Mitch Stark, three for Nathan Lyon, two for Harry Conway, none for Sean Abbott in that second innings. Half centuries to Ben McDermott and Matthew Wade with Peter Siddle chiming in with a very handy yeah. 46. Uh, that, I was quite nervous when Wade and Siddle were putting together that partnership, but in the end, New South Wales getting the results. Now, just in the other games, Robbie, uh, a draw between Victoria and WA, but the real talking point there, young William Pekofsky and yet another double hundred. Yeah, it's just quite amazing, actually. It's, um, this young player to do that, and I like the way he's going about it. It's just business-like. He didn't over-celebrate on his landmark. He's just head down. And he, he's working hard. Yeah, I think he, he's working hard on a lot of things. He's doing really well, and that's that's fantastic. And it, it's just great seeing him playing again, Matty. It's, you know, and for him to be making runs and doing well, it's a further bonus. Um, yeah. So, but it, it, Matty Kelly, I thought was fantastic for the Sand Gropers. Um, yep. An underrated word that they don't often. <laughs> to, I think the Sand Gropers. I love it. I'm not sure what a Sand Groper is, but he got three for eighty four. He took seventy five percent of the wickets that fell. But probably alarm bells ringing there that this could tend to be a draw of very early days. And that's what happened because West Australia came out and they reciprocated the run fest. Sean Marsh, remember that name? Sean Marsh, Matt Ellis. Yes. Another century, 135. And Josh Inglis, 125. And a lot of good judges in the world of cricket are considering that Josh Inglis just could be a bit of a bolter. For the Australian side sometimes. Yeah, well, I tell you what, Tim Ludeman was a guest on the Cricket Library podcast earlier this year and he spoke of Josh Inglis in very high regard in terms of his glove yep. work. He, he And he he's a very good judge, Tim Ludeman. And if you want to hear those thoughts that he had, there's, there's a back catalogue waiting for you out, out there on podcast land. Uh, but, yeah, Josh in- Inglis, 125 off 122 balls, absolutely motoring mm. to that 100. And that combined with his glove works, I, I still feel like Alex Carey is the front runner. Um, and yeah. and I don't even know why we need to talk about other wicket keepers with TD Payne and the exceptional yep. work he's doing at the moment as well, the current Australian captain. So it's probably all um, a bit of yeah. – um, bit of, There's a bit there, though. Yeah. There's a bit there. I'm, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think uh, English was a better glove man than, uh, say, Philippi. But, um, Matty, we could devote a whole sec- segment on the Cricket Library Weekly on the depth and strength in each of the um, disciplines, batting, bowling, we could. fielding and keeping. We've got so many in Australian cricket at the moment. Um, yeah, but 
Uh, and Cameron Green chipped him with 56, which is good to see. He had a good long bat. Yeah. Um, and, and and Johnny Holland, four for 115. Good workhorse. And uh, that's exactly what Scott Boland is, two, three for 160. Just uh, dropped the over done. But, yeah, 479. And then Victoria, well, we're back. It, it, could, it was going nowhere that game. The Vic batters 499 the second dig. Um, Pekoski almost failed with just 38. Yeah. Um, and it petered out to a draw, Matty, which is, you know, I think that's where New South Wales have taken a bit of high ground the last couple of weeks. They've got two results. The Vic looks to be playing good cricket, but they're not getting results. And, um, yeah, the, and the ladder shows that. Yeah, definitely, Robbie. And a team that did get a result, Queensland, outstanding from them. Usman back in the runs, Matty Renshaw, a big hundred for him, and and Jimmy Pearson, yes. another, another one of those those Glovemen that uh, scoring runs as well, hundred and nine for him. Queensland five for four nine six in their first innings. Chad Say is the only multiple wicket taker there, and the big talking point in this game was Callum Ferguson's final. Yeah. First class yeah. game. Unfortunately for him, he was stranded on eleven not out in South Australia's first innings of all out for one fifty four. Mitchie Swepson, another fifer. He's, yeah, yeah, isn't he getting a bit of traction at the moment? He's bowling. He's bowling with some really good revs and getting some in, important breakthroughs. Uh, and then Queensland looked to set the game up. Usman some more runs in the second innings, forty six not for him, and a couple of wickets to Bazisto, and then. Poor old Callum Ferguson, LBW for 97 in his final first-class innings. Uh, we've got a haiku poem in his honour coming up a little bit later in the show. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. And just just Callum Ferguson, a, a true gentleman on and off the field, uh, just one of the most glorious stroke makers to watch. Like you, you could watch him all day, Callum Ferguson. Yep. And uh, had that one test match for Australia, unlucky not to play more. Was very handy in, in the shorter formats for Australia. And South Australia will miss him, Robbie. Yeah, yeah oh, well, you can't replace parts like that, uh, Matt. So let, let's hope he stays on with Sydney Thunder a little bit longer um, in the um, BBL. But, hey, the hats off there. Look, South Australia, Matty, if you, if you reflect back on their season so far, their four Shield matches, if, if they could just find that second innings form in the first innings with the bat, they would, you know, kind of put themselves in good positions. They pushed hard for almost an unlikely victory there at one stage, but um, they lost too many wickets played. Yeah, but Harry Nielsen, yeah, him 114. He continues to impress. Another lad that really that is a bit of a workhorse, Mark Seckety, four yep. for 43 or 28 overs, and your boy Mitch Swepson, he bowled 52 overs in that second innings, took three for 127 and has deserved to get his spot in the Australian Test squad that was announced uh, not long ago. Absolutely, Robbie. And interestingly with Mitch Webson, I think he went his first 50 overs in that innings without a wicket, and then he just spun the tail out. He skittled them out. Uh, I was watching that game via cricket.com.au after work, and I was just salivating at the work of Mitch Webson. And yep. uh, 50 overs, just very, very patient bowling, and then when the time came... He got the job done. Sayers a well-made 46 at the end, but then young Wes Agar and Lloyd Pope survived five balls between them. So uh, yeah. a, a good victory there for Queensland. And no Sheffield Shield for a while, Robbie. And 
That means we'll be talking about other important matters and one of those is the WBBL. And how about we have a listen to your chat with Rachel Treneman? Yeah, I'd love to. Great to catch up with Rachel. Um, got her um, on Thursday, that, the day after their loss to Brisbane Heat. They've got a, as she'll mention, they've got a big game coming up on Sunday against the Melbourne Stars. It's 1v2, but it was nice to catch up with young Rachel and she had some interesting things to say. As the WBBL 06 season hits the halfway mark of the season, a Wagga cricketer, Rachel Treneman, continues to progress through the ranks and is playing a big part in the Sydney Thunder's great start to the season. And that person is 19-year-old Rachel Treneman, and she has kindly joined us for a chat. It's a very warm welcome to you, Rachel, to the Cricket Library Weekly. G'day. Thanks for having me, Robbie. Pleasure. Always good to have a fellow Riverina person to have a chat with, Rachel. We could... Uh, yeah. We've got a lot in common, that beautiful part of the world. And um, I tell you what, it has been a great start to the Thunder. I know it was a little bit disappointing just um, losing the game um, last night uh, to the Heat, but you're still in second position and you've got to be happy with that. Yeah, for sure. I think um, we had a, a ripper start to the competition and um, you know made many improvements on what was probably a little bit of a disappointing campaign last year. Um, and I think, you know, we stalled a little bit at the start of this season, not having, um, well, not playing the first two games, having to wash out. But yep. it's been nice to be on the park and, um, yeah, play the that um, we want to play at, at Sydney Thunder and um, as individuals we want to showcase. Yeah, look, Rachel, I noticed um, you, you've, you've made some uh, three really handy contributions. Uh, 38 versus the Heat in the first game against them, 26 against the Renegades and another 27 last night. So you you're getting there, but I guess you'd love to convert one of those into a, like a half century plus. Yeah, sure. Um, it has training. Um, I'm getting in on decks that we've said it's a bit difficult to get in on, and once you're in on them, you want to convert and, and you want to go big. Um, so it has been disappointing in that regard, um, but there's still many games left in the season, and um, yeah as a group and continue with some really good partnerships and uh, I'm sure that, uh, yeah, as a team, we'll go really well in the tournament. Yeah, and Rach, just in those innings, a bit of a mixture. You've, you've opened the batting probably 50% of the time and also batted in the middle order. Do you have a preferred position at the moment in your career where you'd like to bat? Yeah, so I'm more accustomed to batting in the middle order and something I've done um, pretty much most of my career and, and junior career um, and dabbled a little bit with the top order, not necessarily opening though. So mm. opening's really brand new to me um, in any form of cricket. I opened a little bit in the 50-over format with the breakers at the end of last season. But um, I think taking on the new ball and, and putting the team in a good position to start with is something that I really um, aspire to do and... Um, I think, yeah, whilst I'm batting, we'll have batted in the middle order the last couple of times for the Thunder, I'm more than happy to bat there and, and do what the team needs. So, um, yeah, we'd love to bat higher up the order, but um, any time you get to spend some time in the middle and, and hit the ball, it's, it's good fun. Yeah, I guess as a 19-year-old, there's still plenty ahead of you. And I, um, <laughs> yeah. I guess you must have got a lot of confidence from last year's WNCL final, even though you did lose to the Western Australian uh, Fury, but you made you did open on that occasion, made 37, hit the ball really well. I reckon you got a bit of an unlucky LBW, but that must have, and against a very good bowling attack, must have set you up for a good good season ahead this year. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a wonder what 
a good or semi-good innings can do for your confidence, really. Um, I think it was like only my third or fourth game opening the batting. And um, when you do come off and, and play a decent innings and um, the coach has put faith with you and, and you kind of repay that in some regards, um, it does, yeah, do wonders to your game. And um, it's definitely something that I'm going to continue to look to do, even if it is just in grade cricket. Um, but yeah, it was exciting and uh, would have loved to have gone on further at the top of the order then. Yeah. I, um, what about that, Rachel? Do you, do you have a preference of the T20 format to the 50-over game? If you had to play your last game of cricket, would it be a T20 or would it be a 50-over game? <laughs> um, I'm more of a traditionalist. So I'm going to say 50-overs. Yep. Yeah, I, I reckon. Spend more time out in the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. More chance, more chance, and more opportunity to bat. Longer to, to bat. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, I reckon. <laughs> that's a good answer. Um, I know one of your coaches back home, Warren Smith, would be happy to hear that. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, um, I, speaking of that, I'm going to take you back to your early days of your career. Mm-hmm. So, who inspired okay. Rachel Treneman to find this love of the game and play cricket? Um, I, I'm not too sure. I played cricket in the backyard from a, a very, very young age. Um, I think there's a photo on the fridge back home when I'm about three years old, maybe four, um, in the backyard at my cousin's. Um, I've got a bat in one hand and the other hand is on my hip. Um, <laughs> in a bit of a sassy position um, at, the non, at the non-strikers end. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've been playing since a very young age and um, – I think I first got into competitive cricket in primary school in year two and um, Terry Willis uh, was the coach back then. So um, my dad and and Terry are are decent mates. So um, I guess having that connection already and then kind of knowing the coach um, was really handy and and Terry's been fantastic um, just as a support and especially in those initial years. Yeah. Uh, it's very important to have a good relationship with the coach. Uh, it's it's good for your longevity <laughs> in the side. Hey, um, who who are some of the uh, coaches who inf- you mentioned Terry, but anyone else who influenced you down there in Wagga in those early days? Yeah, so um, Phil Jenkins has been massive. Um, he would have been my River and Academy coach for many years. I want to say five or six. Yep. Um, just sounds like a very long time for an, for a nineteen year old. Um, but yeah, Phil was instrumental in in getting my cricket career started and and development um, through the the pathway. I started in that academy as I think it's a twelve year old and um, yeah progressed into the country city system and then um, you know the ACT New South Wales pathway at nationals and everything's kind of just flowed on from there. So Phil was a big one. Um, Greg McClay down there as well um, did a fair bit of uh, spin bowling practice with him when um, I wasn't able to train in Sydney and um, was has been a fantastic one I think I, I don't know how many balls I've hit with him yeah. um, during winter when it, it's been getting dark and it's freezing cold um, and your wrists hurt all that kind <laughs> of stuff but um, yeah I, I think some of those uh, fellas are the ones that have really helped me yeah. that's lovely too and all, um, all good local people in Wagga too Hey, um, was there any any cricketer that you modelled yourself on in those early days? You thought, gee, I want to be like that person. Um, I don't know. I've kind of always played my own game. I haven't really looked at anyone else technically, I wouldn't say. I definitely looked up to other cricketers. Um, but you hear stories of 
people like saying they're bowling like Mick, uh, Mitch Johnson in the backyard or yep. um, playing a pull shot like Ricky Ponting. But um, yeah, I, I don't think I was ever one of those kids. Yeah, that's good. That's a great answer. That's good. Um, now it must be pretty exciting to have in the Thunder squad uh, like Gabby Sutcliffe from Cora, who's just joined you guys this year. Of course, you mm. spent time in that Riverina Academy together, and, and having played previously with Alex Blackwell. Um, so yeah, must, must and uh, young guys like uh, Phoebe Litchfield. It's, it's, you've got so many in that Thunder squad. You've got a pretty good connection there, you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, it was funny after Gabby debuted. I said, you know your third Riverina girl um, to play for the Thunder now, um, which is pretty amazing because Alex Blackwell was someone I always looked up to, um, especially given her Riverina origin. And then um, to play against Gabby on her debut, another Riverina girl. Yeah. I played um, Peel to say cricket with her way back when. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really special. And I think to have other uh, young country girls like Phoebe in the squad, um, just adds a little bit of excitement and um, potentially a little bit of character and, and maybe some uh, bogan traits to the group. <laughs> <laughs> good. Can't beat those regional country critics. <laughs> uh, good. Don't change it, guys. <laughs> hey, uh, tell us what's life like in this uh, WBBL bubble at Sydney Olympic Park. What's keep you? What keeps you and all those other bogans as you put busy? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, it's it's definitely something new. I mean, in past seasons, especially Big Bash, you fly into a city, you play the game, um, and then you fly out the next day or, or even that night. So you don't really stick around and, and socialise with other teams. Um, and because it is such a condensed period, normally you probably lack that time with your own teammates um, because you are training and then you, you're back home kind of thing. So it's a very nice environment to be able to socialise with both your own teammates and people from other teams. Um, up on level nine, uh, the more rowdy of the Sydney Thunder floors, <laughs> I must admit. I've some, I'm, I'm quite a quiet person, so I've somehow been stitched up there. Mm. Um, but we've got a couple of puzzles. Uh, we play lots of card games. Um, there's a couple of pranks going around. And we've also got some golf uh, clubs and balls to chip. Might I add, they're only left-handed clubs, though, because oh, really? they're seeds. So I've been practising my left-handed <laughs> golf game. <laughs> Is that for practicing a reverse sweep in the future? Who knows? <laughs> well, I mean, Steve's a hockey player, so she's very good at playing left-handed or right-handed. Yep. Um, but anything left-handed for me, I'm, I'm pretty used to that. So I've got to watch I don't put a hole in the walls. <laughs> oh, now, listen, before we uh, let you go, what's the best thing about the bubble? What is your favourite thing when you go there? Oh, what are you going to miss the most gosh. when um, you, you leave the bubble? I think I'm going to miss the fact that I don't have to cook dinner and that I have to clean up. <laughs> so it's just like back living at home again, is it? I was going to say, I'm, I'm not long out of home. I've probably only been out of home 12 months. Um, but it's definitely really nice to come home after a game or a, a big day at training and, and not have to cook your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying that side of it. Well, Rachel, it is. You you made a comment there um, earlier in the interview, and you said, "Oh, it feels like you know about five or six years ago." It feels like you've been around for about a decade. You know, mm. Being a fellow Riverina person, we've heard so much about you for a long time. You're doing really well at 19. There's plenty to come. You've got a massive game against the Stars um, on Saturday night at the Showgrounds. We mm-hmm. wish you all the best in that, and um, I look forward to seeing a few of my Riverina mates in a co- in, when commentating a Thunder game very soon. 
Thanks, Robbie. I really appreciate it. Oh, good. It's been great um, having you on the Cricket Library Weekly. You can you've joined the, the likes of Gabby Sutcliffe in uh, creating that uh, great honour, uh, Rachel. So um, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Cheers. Good on you. There we go. That's uh, Rachel Treneman, uh, the Sydney Thunder Young Gun, doing so well in this year's Rebel WBBL 06. We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly after that wonderful chat with Rachel Treneman. What a young superstar she is from the Riverina and doing wonderful things at the Sydney Thunder this season. And just a reminder, we are not the Sydney Thunder podcast. It just happens to be that we've had a couple of Thunder connections in the last little while. And... To be fair, Robbie, the Thunder are sitting second on the ladder, so it's it's good to give them a little bit of airtime. How have you been seeing the WBBL, mate? Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to have a pretty good hands-on look or a, a potential talk about it behind the microphone, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm probably seeing that I put look. I think we can eliminate the Renegade. Shockingly hit with injuries. Um, the Hurricanes too probably maybe gets out of it. Although they're only they're only um, one game out of that top four, and they could have pinched a couple of other games. They just had a, a narrow loss to Thunder last Sunday. But Melbourne Stars are doing it in fine style. They are out with a game and a half break. Yeah, they haven't lost yet. It's to go eight games in a competition like this, not lose a game. Look, they had three no results, but five victories. They are moping along. Um, yeah, and. and then you've got Sydney Thunder and Sydney Sixers both on 10 points and both sort of having similar seasons. Uh, Sixers are probably where they've her scorches have beaten them twice in the last um, it, last week. Um, of course, we'll probably talk a bit more about Sophie Devine yeah. that led them first time, but um, it's still very tight. You got When you've got teams like Strikers and Heath sitting in fifth and sixth, you just cannot relax inside that top four because they are two very, very good sides. So, yeah, Maddie, I'm absolutely loving it. I thought last, last weekend was sensational. I thought it really went up a grade. We had um, the most ever scores of 50-plus in a day. Yeah. You know, Sophie Devine, 103. Rachel Priest, you know, we were, you know, I were massive fans of her at a time at the Thunder. 83 in a losing side. Gracie Harris, 81 or 52 balls. Uh, Marazan Cap. She played a beautiful thing. I saw that one, 68 or 53. Her onside driving was a treat. Heaven night, uh, 61 not out was fantastic. Stefani Taylor, look out. She's starting to find her mojo. Got a 60. Beth Mooney, her partnership, she made 60. Her partnership with Sophie Devine was some of the best batting I've watched uh, for a long time. Any form of cricket, they're running between wickets. Absolutely brilliant. And then, of course, Meg Lanning, 54 or 25. She just showed another side of her game. So oh, Meg. The cricket, it's everything that they're not, these guys are just not hitting sixes over the ropes. They are putting them over the fence. It's just powerful batting and it's brilliant. It's incredible. And just, can we just uh, slide back a little bit to Meg Lanning? Uh, a half century against every single WBBL team. Isn't that amazing? Uh, and 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 I'll just read through. Uh, the Heat is probably her preferred team. She's made six half centuries against the Heat in seven matches. Six out of seven. Six out of seven. Absolutely incredible. And the toughest team she finds to score against the, the Thunder. 
She's only made okay. one one half century in nine games against the Thunder. So there's obviously someone there at the Thunder that's worked out a bit of a plan to, to Meg Lanning. But incredible, six six half centuries against the Heat, four against the Strikers, four against the Renegades, four against the Sixers, just two against the Hurricanes and one each against the Stars, Thunder and Scorchers. Well, what a cricketer. Well, that's interesting, Matt. That's a fantastic stat. The Melbourne Stars, um, well, Sydney Thunder will get the chance to find that bowler who can get the wood over Meg Lanning because they play in a massive game on um, Sunday. It's the start as 1v2. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, can, I, yeah, I see the first scorchers there who have got themselves back in the top four. When you've got Mooney and um, Devine at that top of that order, plus you've got Nicole Bolden. And then I really like their, like, their bowling attack. Tennille uh, uh, Peschel been fantastic. Piper Cleary. There's so much talent there. You can see why they won that WNCL title. Um, oh, I, I still can't. I, look, I, I, Melbourne Stars at the moment for me because of their top three batters, um, Elise Bolani, um, Meg Lanning and Mignon Dupree. Oh, how good is Mignon Dupree going at the moment, just quietly? Well, a very I, – I won't drop the – I won't let the name out of the bag, cut out of the bag, but an incredibly well-respected person involved in the WBBL. I think she may just be – the best batsman in the comp. Now, that is saying something. She's sensational. Yeah, 61 off 51 on the weekend there against the Strikers and just very composed, very measured, paces her innings well, has the shots and is getting the runs at the moment. So, yeah, very impressive stuff from Mignon Dupree. And uh, in in the games coming up, Robbie, we've got – oh. Well, let's let's just talk. Sorry, let's just talk a little bit more about Sophie Devine. I I think that innings that she played against the Sixers is one of the best we'll see in this tournament. Yeah, it was seven Sixers. Once they said she hit uh, three Sixers in a row off um, Ash Gardner. Well, that was twenty four runs off and over, Robbie. It, it was twenty four. First, it was a cut shot for four, and then a big point in the match. Um, Young Jody Hicks dropped a hard catch oh, overhead yeah. on the boundary line, parried it over the line for six. The next two balls went there. And then not long after that, um, uh, Luce Perry came on and um, she took to her as well, hit back-to-back sixes off her. But for mine, one of the best shots was that back foot punch over cover point for six. It was just amazing. And uh, it, it was the... the um, Running between wickets between her and Beth Mooney, mate, it was just unbelievable. Because it, it, it took it to another level. Their understanding and their commitment to the run, just you know, they they know they knew it. They know each other backwards it, for some reason. It's just um, yeah, incredible stuff. Beautiful innings, hundred and three. Um, well, I'm not. I, I remember watching Beth Mooney make a hundred in an ODI in Canberra. You were with me on that occasion. Yeah, was a brilliant innings. But this one there was right up with it. Um, yeah, and Danny White the same night, I think, might have turned up as well. Yeah, so, you're spot on um, there, Robbie. It'll go, it, it'll go down the records, Matt, for sure. And a- any other performances of note from your time there? Rachel Priest, wasn't she good against the Thunder? Oh. Not able to get them across the line in the end. Uh, some incredible death bowling from Hannah Darlington there. Really admire the fact that the skipper backed Hannah Darlington to bowl that last over. Heather Knight was probably the, the obvious option at the time in that she'd bowled so well in the over before. 
And yep. we, we all expected Heather Knight to just come on and bowl. But no, Rachel Haynes backed a youngster and she executed well in that final over to ensure a victory, a one-run victory, a very exciting one-run victory for the Thunder in that one against the Hurricanes. Yeah, but Heather Knight almost became a, um, an accidental hero in that match. So um, they tried to spin the over before with uh, Rachel Treneman and, and she went for over, I think over a dozen. So they brought Heather Knight on and she picked up a couple of wickets. She took a brilliant catch running against the fly of the ball. But she did something else. Um, she's made a brilliant stop in the field uh, that saved four runs. It might have even been... Uh, I'm just trying to remember the hurricane batsman that hit the ball. And it was just, it was going through before, which he dived in the covers and saved four runs. And yep. in the end, the one, it was a one run result. And the other thing I've got to say, the fielding of Phoebe Litchfield was no. just outstanding, Maddie. That and catch, that, yeah, that oh. catch to get rid of Hayley Matthews, we played it in the intro of the yeah. program. That was absolutely incredible. Uh, really good to see the younger players and, and how well they move in the field and, and how many yeah. runs they do save out there. Uh, unfortunately, though, the Thunder – well, sorry, I shouldn't say unfortunately because we've got a lot of loyal Queensland listeners as well. So well done, Brisbane Heat fans out there. Uh, the Thunder, 9 for 111, unable to restrict the Brisbane Heat, 2 for 115. Robbie Georgia, Redmayne, 59. And the Thunder – just not able to get the job done. Four wickets for guess yeah. who? Amelia Kerr. Leggy. Leg spinner alert. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Correct. Uh, bowled beautifully. Matty, I'll tell you what. This is how, this is how much I enjoy my uh, Rebel WBBL. State of Origin was on last night. Guess what I watched? Oh, I, I've got a feeling you were doing similar to me. I, yeah. I, I was. I cricket. I was keeping my eye on the Thunder game very closely indeed. Yep. And yeah, and I, I really enjoyed Georgia Redmayne's inning. She's a bit of an underrated player, or not a forgotten player of Australian cricket, but gosh, she's a beautiful player. That, I love the left-handers, Matt, as you know. They've just got that little bit of class about them when they punch the ball through the offside. Um, yeah, Brisbane Heat are still a fourth, uh, Matt Ellis. Um, yeah, they well, may have come up short in the state of origin, in fact, copped a darn good thrashing. But um, <laughs> they, they to quote Basil Salty, but they are back in town and are a dangerous, dangerous force, particularly if Grace Harris keeps her form up. So yeah. interesting times coming up, Matty. We've eight games down. We've got six to go. The weather's starting to pick up. Um, it could be the, the survival of the fittest here. Don't worry about that. Already, I reckon you can see that there's a few little injury concerns sleeping in. Some yeah. of these sides are going to have to manage their pot, their squad very sensibly. Absolutely. It could come down to depth uh, for those final places in the top four. Well, Robbie, we're going to move on and yes. we'll have a look at the WBBL again next week, no doubt, because you're down there calling. Just quickly, uh, which games can we catch you in commentary this weekend? Yeah, Matt, we're at to Moyne Oval, so the Sunday afternoon game at Tremoyne Oval um, will be between Adelaide Strikers and Brisbane Heat. Now, Matt, I reckon the loser of that game might be nearly done for the year. That's a massive game for whoever wins that yeah. one. And then back to Tremoyne, uh, Strikers again, up against the Sydney Sixers. Uh, well, that'll be a beauty. And then the Hobart Hurricanes, um, they are hosting. Who are they up against there? Yeah, the Brisbane Heat again. So I'm going to get a look at Brisbane Heat and Adelaide Strikers on two occasions, which will be good. So big games, I think. Out of those two teams, if one of those teams can come up with two wins over the weekend, they are in the box seat to 
pressure for the sides inside that top four. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting weekend. Just some other games at the Sydney Showground Stadium. Uh, we've got the Scorchers up against the Renegades. We've also got the Hurricanes and Sixers going head-to-head. And, of course, that big match uh, on 7.05 p.m. between the Thunder and the Stars. That will be a barn burner. That's my barn burner for the, the weekend. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, the Thunder up against the Scorchers. Why not just keep the, the barn burning for that one? 10.20 a.m. November 15. Uh, and then the Melbourne Stars up against the Melbourne Renegades in the Sydney Showground Stadium once again there. So plenty of Rebel WBBL action coming up. And we've got plenty of mail in Matt's mail ba- ba- Matt's mailbag coming up. But before that... A haiku poem from our resident cricket librarian, Matt Fiction. And this one pays a little bit of a tribute to the recently retired from first-class cricket, Callum Ferguson. I'm sure you'll enjoy this one, Robbie. Callum Ferguson. Love to watch him bat all day. Graceful at the crease. He does not fail to disappoint Matt Fiction there with a magnificent haiku poem. And Robbie, in the mailbag this week, we've actually had some generous feedback around haiku poems. And Sean from Shoalhaven has touched okay. has touched base, and he says. I've never heard of a haiku until Matt Fiction's haiku haiku poems, and and he's given us one for the show. Are well, you ready for it? Haven't he? I, I haven't I haven't got Matt Fiction here with us at the moment, but I'll, I'll read it out. Um, you do it. Uh, Matt, Matt Fiction would probably do it better justice than I can, being an experienced we'll give it a go, Matt. haiku we'll give reader. So here we go. Matt's mailbag is full. Guess. Are ready to go. Robbie loves his stats. I think oh. I think that's pretty good, Sean from Shellhaven. So I hope you enjoy that, Sean. Sean, you you be yeah, list- well done, Sean. listening to that. And um, Robbie, I understand we've got some other mail has dropped in from Naramine. Did you did you pick that yeah. up? Well, it, well, I'm not sure how it got delivered, but I, I've collected it. But on the front of the postcard, there's, I think it's a tiger moth. Yeah, okay. It's the old tiger moth. Um, so, we're, oh dear, I, I, I'm not sure I'd want to jump in it now just looking at it, but um, I guess it served its purpose at the time, but it looks a bit flimsy to me, mate. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, anyway. Lot of, there's a lot of light planes. There's an airport just out of Narromine, uh, a lot of aircraft enthusiasts out that way there's a lot of pigeon enthusiasts out that way and oh, yeah. uh glenn mcgrath as well obviously a magnificent set of cricket nets there uh named after gd mcgrath and of course the the statue of glenn mcgrath in narrow well, mind so you've just aligned narrow mind as a as a place of pigeons is that glenn mcgrath is that how got his nickname pigeon i don't think so 
I don't, oh. I don't think so. But um, isn't that quite bizarre? Yeah, might might get the research team onto that. I thought it was more more to do with the shape of his legs uh, than the, okay. the pigeon races that happen in Narromine. But someone yeah. might someone might draw that to our attention. Is, um, um, Matt, is there an annual day set aside in the calendar for the pigeon races in Narromine? Yeah, they actually do it as a fundraiser for the McGrath Foundation. Um, oh, beautiful. There's a the g- gentleman from Trangy who organises it and it happens during the Sydney Test most years. Oh. They'll, they'll do a little so pigeon you, race. Are you telling me, do any of the pigeons dress in pink for the race? Oh, I can't confirm or deny that, Robbie, but they, they, they certainly do a lot of fundraising around it and there's a lot of yeah, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of goodwill that comes out of those pigeon races there in Narromine. But we'd better get on to our question, Robbie. Yeah, what's right the yeah, sorry, we, yeah. What's the what's right. the story here? Who who have we got, and and what do they want to know? All right, we've had, uh, so this one's come in from Narromine from uh, A. E. Norton. That's now, not um. What's the antivirus on the computer? Um, Norton antivirus. Do you reckon? Do you reckon it could be? Uh, well, well, I don't know. Well, the level of this question would suggest maybe not. Because well, um, I'm tipping you're not going to get a computer virus from sending a uh, postcard. No. Well, especially out of the, out of the Tiger Mile. <laughs> Airmail. Uh, but anyway, look, I, actually, A.E. Norton, you were talking about Glenn McGrath before. Yeah. Don't, he, is he the guy at Victoria Park Dubbo a couple of years ago in a charity game or one of those SCG Cups. Did he hit Glenn McGrath for six over cover? I've seen that video on uh, circulating on social. Oh, I was actually ground announcing that night at the magnificent Victoria Park number one Dubbo, and uh, it is possible. I'm not sure if it is the same yeah, Norton, okay. but there was a Norton who yep. who did play a, a, a like a, a cover drive. Yeah. And took the aerial route against uh, the great GD McGrath. So I can't confirm that. But let's let's get on to the question and All right. um, yeah. see how we go here. It's a beauty. Now you're gonna I need you to be involved with this as an answer. Um Okay. okay. Um G'day, g'day MJ Ellis and R B McKinley. Uh, long time listener, first time writer. Oh, um, how good. <laughs> and yeah, there's a few clues that it might be the first time he's tried to ride here too. I'm just trying to <laughs> for this. Um, could could each one of you name one country cricket ground or town that you would love to play on or commentate or spectate at? Oh, gee. If, po- if possible, please name both a venue you have previously attended and a town or a ground you have never visited. Regards, A.E. Norton. Narromine. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, speaking of Narromine, yeah, I've hit two sixes in Narromine. I've hit nine sixes in my career. Two of them in Narromine. So that's a ground. Wow. That's a ground that I enjoy playing on. Um, Is it a big ground, Matt? Oh, massive! Huge! Oh. Massive! Oh, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I uh, found found the boundary behind square and fa- found it at mid on as well. But that one, I think I hit the, oh, I think I might have hit the fence on the full both times actually. 
no, no. The one, the one behind Square went over the fence, and the one down to mid on hit the fence on the full. But anyway, uh, Narromine's a great, a great little cricket ground there. Uh, yeah. But I think, I think I will butter you up here, Robbie. I've never, I've never been to Lavington Sports Ground. Oh, you, and it mate, is a got, premier facility. Well, it's got the grand opening in two weeks' time. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's had renovations on it under lights. It hosted, it hosted the, um, the Zimbabwe versus England World Cup match where the uh, Harari. Was that Edo yeah, Brandes? The Harari chicken farmer um, cut its way through the English top order that had Graham Gooch, Botham, Dear Wizard was a good side. And... There was over 15,000 people packed into that ground on that day. Um, and I can tell you there was uh, 14,900 and about 80 barricans for Zimbabwe and 20, the England, England <laughs> squad and connections were barricans themselves. Uh, but it was a big day. They got up. That was a massive upset, yeah. So, and to play there on the lights is fantastic. Uh, so, look, Matt, I can understand if that's your... Uh, a, a, place you'd like to play and we might be able to arrange something like that to get you on that ground. Could we, could we um, have like a cricket library invitational 11? Certainly can. We can do anything. We can um, we can send out the invite via Australia Post. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll just tell you quickly another good ground um, yep. where I did get to commentate was the, the magnificent Wade Park in Orange. That is, oh, yes. Yes. That is like a bowling green out there. And uh, Sydney Thunder played Hong Kong there a few years back and it was a wonderful spectacle. Plenty of the locals came down to take part in that. So that that would be on my list. And can't go past Victoria Park number one in Dubbo either, just quietly. I've, I've hit a couple of sixes there too. But um, now that the bike track's gone, that might be out of my reach. Uh, the, the, oh. the, the boundaries have got a little bit bigger. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're my selections, Robbie. What, what about you, mate? Yeah, I feel... Um I, I would, my favourite one was probably Lovington to play on. Um, the ground I'd love to play on, I've been there, um, I've, I've watched games there and done a little bit of coaching there in the previous in the pathways. Uh, I'd love to have a game on Bradman Oval. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I, I'd love to do that. So if, um, if Rena Hall or someone's listening or um, PA Broccoli up in that region, um, if you could just um, finalise that before um, before I um, chuck the willow away, that'd be lovely. But I, I would, yeah, that's, that's a great place, you know, such historian, uh, history. or maybe even a game at Mossvale where John Brabham played. I've been lucky enough to play a bit of cricket. I've played at Cootamundra where John Brabham was born. Yep. Um, Albert Park, Cootamundra is a beautiful ground. It's got the picket fence, Matt, which always always adds to the ground. But, yeah, that's a great question from um, A.E. Norton. And, um, yeah, it looks like a bit of action in the mailbag. I think there might be a few more on the way. Yeah, definitely. Keep those Matt's mailbag questions coming in to 101R Bungle Gumby Road, Burrabadeen, New South Wales, 2830. I'm really sorry, Robbie, but we are out of time. No, that's fair enough. We might even actually be over time. It all comes from, it's all good things come to an end at some stage, Matt. But, hey, there's so much cricket on. We'll be back ready and uh, do it again next week. Absolutely, Robbie. Have a great weekend calling the action in the Rebel WBBL. I'll be tuning in, no doubt, and looking forward to catching up at the same time next week. This has been Matt Ellis and Robbie McKinlay for the Cricket Library Weekly. Bye for now.